It's the doc and the deacon, stethoscope and hope, talking everything from poop to the pope. One believing in spiritual miracles, the other believes in movement bowels that are irritable. Two dads, more like two brothers, and they breaking bread like the Last Supper. This show won't get negative feedback, that be like the deacon prescribing a Z-Pack. So don't get it twisted like a Philly pretzel, Foles already told y'all that Philly special. Take notes from the knowledge they're teaching, pay attention, it's the doc and the deacon speaking. Welcome to Doc and the Deacon, a podcast about two dads, one of us believing in the power of science, one of us believing in the power of Jesus, but both of us believing in the power of an ice cold beer. Deacon, How? have you ever had a pen pal? A pen pal? A pen pal. Um, you know, that's a good question. I've never been much of a, like, I enjoy writing things, um, but my penmanship is not great. Um, I did have a brother word processor. Oh yeah, so did I. That's Back how I learned to type. Day. Yeah, yeah. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty decent typer. I'm in that fifty to sixty words a minute. Yeah. For those of you millennials, word processors were things where we used to write a letter or a paper before yeah. computers existed. And you could still keep it before you printed it. Like it wasn't a typewriter. It didn't have to print right away onto a piece of paper. Now my word processor did have a typewriter function. Wow. I could have put paper in it and used it as a typewriter, but you could put it up there. And I remember this. So it wasn't like a, like a type. You could type, but it had a function. The words were so small. They were like, you had this little screen that moved. Anyway, uh, so I had a brother word processor. I don't know that I had a pen pal per se, but I definitely wrote some letters, did some things with people that I met. You know, from time to time. Yeah. Well, I now You had have, pen pals? Oh, hundreds. It's hundred? not really hundreds. Through the patient portal at work, people yeah. can basically send me emails, messages all the time. Oh, so it's like, an, like, a, like you have your own dating service at work? Like what kind of messages? Are these? Like are these work-related? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it, well, people patients. slide into your DMs? No, 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 no. It's not like that at all. But it's, hey, these are my blood pressures. Hey, can you get me an appointment? Hey, I need a refill. Hey, should I eat this for lunch? Right, but I I, I get a lot, and and, I, and most of them are really good, right? Like I don't mind them. This isn't me complaining about them, but if you just reached like five hundred words in your message to me, yeah, you probably need an appointment. Oh yeah, right. So I I got one that kind of went like this, right? So I'm right. going to change it a little bit for the whole HIPAA thing, but it was uh, it went like this. Um, hey doc, this was like an instant message. Kind of. It's part of the chart. It comes in like as an email. So every yeah. day when I get to work, I see, you sure. know, what are my messages? Some people call. We're trying to have people call less because the phone's just, you know, there's not enough people to answer all the phones. Uh, even though the people answering the phones are doing a great job, blah, blah, blah. But uh, needless to say, I'll get a message like, hey, how are you doing? I'm not doing well. Should I go to the hospital? I have back pain, hand pain, swollen hands. Can I see a rheumatologist? Should I see an orthopedist? Am I going to die? I have tingly hands. Do you think I have sepsis? I also have pain in my upper back, lower back, armpits, inner thigh, outer thighs, calves, knees, ankles, toes. Do you think I look like a dude? And then attached a picture. And no, the person did not look like a dude. But I That's then, a lot to put in a... Because oh. then there's a lot of questions. And I, took, that, and I kept a lot out because the podcast can only be so long. That was a lot. But you've got to answer. Can you answer each one of the... Because I, I would yes. imagine... That each one of those takes you on its own adventure. Like if the armpits are swollen, but the hands are not, but maybe the thyroid, the glands are, or the lymph nodes are, or whatever. Man, I sound like a doctor. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I'll tell you. 
This is one of those times where it was very easy. And it was, hey, could you help this person schedule an appointment? Yes. Okay. But what had happened here, where there were so many complaints that came at me, I couldn't really get a sense of what were the most important ones. Right. So when I actually saw the person, I realized the main issues were joint pain and hand swelling. That's like, did you ever see that one about Diego goes to the doctor? Uh, yeah, I have seen that. He's like, maybe you have, do you have a drinking problem? Do you drink? No, I don't drink. Are you sure you don't drink? Well, sometimes I have red wine and then I finish it with tequila and then I drink all night. Shout out to Diego. But at this point, I realize that there's a whole process as a doctor, right? Like I had to... We go through, you get a history. There's a certain way you get a history. You want to hear how long somebody's had symptoms, have them describe the symptoms, what makes them better, what makes them worse, if they have a family or social history that contribute to this complaint. Does that all have a name? Oh, the history of present illness. Okay. Right? Is the most important thing. When I have medical students, the history of present illness, getting, be a storyteller. Yeah. Like, tell me a story. People walk in and go, I have chest pain. Do you think it's my heart? And I'm like, I mean, uh, how, would, how would I know? Right? You, you didn't even tell me. Anything, right? Yeah. You know, where is it? What does it feel like? What were you doing when it, when it happened? How many times have you gotten it, right? How many times did they say, I was making love? Feel like making love. Well, not that that often, but I will tell you that headaches okay. when you're making love could mean that you have an aneurysm. Or if during orgasm you have the worst headache of your life, you need an MRI, MRA with contrast to rule out aneurysm. Really? Yeah. So she could be dying. Yes, you could kill her. Okay. But at this point, I was getting the history. Yeah. But I didn't have the answer yet. So I channeled a little, uh, I channeled a little U2. Oh. And I was like, you know what? I got a lot of information, but I still haven't, haven't found, found what I'm looking for. So then after that, you get up and you examine. Did you find yourself on a street with no name after that? <laughs> I did not. But you know what I found? Okay. Behind her flowing locks. Oh, was a patch yeah. of psoriasis. Oh, and I it thought led you were going to say one of those, uh, a patch of the, what's the, the nicotine patch? <laughs> no, no, not a fentanyl patch either. And so then this told me that once I got all the information, took my time, went through it, I realized that her main diagnosis was psoriatic arthritis. Psoriatic arthritis. See, again, I could have been a doctor. Actually, psoriatic arthritis is really a complex uh, disease process? I just diagnosed it. Okay. You want to tell me anything else In about like psoriatic arthritis? 3.2 seconds. It starts... So the first thing you have to identify is the psoriatic part of the arthritis. <laughs> so psoriatic arthritis is a complex disease with different presentations. And I want to jump into talking a little bit about it because it can lead to joint damage... Uh, definitely destroy so your... So psoriatic arthritis would be that person at the meeting who like presents something one way and then a bunch of people ask questions and then they present it another way. And then as soon as the meeting's over, they're like, oh, by the way, I have another presentation. That's psoriatic arthritis? <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh. Kind of. Remind me never to work kind with psoriatic of. arthritis. Well, and I'll tell you the ones you're never going to figure out. is about okay. 6 to 15% of people with psoriatic arthritis have the arthritis before they have the psoriasis. Good luck diagnosing that. So before? Yeah, yeah. Most people get it about 10 years after, but only about 20% of people with psoriasis ever develop psoriatic arthritis. Uh, but since a lot of people have psoriasis, that's a pretty significant. Yeah. So, or do most people that have psoriasis, uh, are they of a certain 
uh, origin or religious belief? Well, <laughs> not that I know of, but there is very different... I've got a friend who specifically only believes in the first few books of the Bible, and she has psoriasis. You mean like Jewish people? So I didn't know. Oh my gosh, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, okay. So well, I'm just wondering if there's a, if there's a, like a precursor to maybe people who light the menorah. Not that I know of, but there is a okay. very different incidence between countries. Uh, 0 0.1 per 100,000 in Japan have it, as opposed to most uh, in a country as Finland, with 23 out of 100,000. 23 Finnish people. Out of 100,000. Out of 100,000. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to talk you through some of the clinical manifestations. Oh, one of which this patient had to help give me oh, the that's answer. a good word. Manifestation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can get axial skeletal changes or pain yeah. so you can get the arthritis to be in your spine you can get nail changes nail pits yeah this thing called oncholysis where you get separation of the nail from its bed yeah peripheral joint inflammation enthesitis which is inflammation of the ligaments or tendons especially like plantar fasciitis could be associated with it or tendonitis okay tenosynovitis and dactylitis okay do you know what dactylitis is dactylitis is um, where the your bills get um, d d distended, like the bills of your duct. No, no, no. not dactylitis. Dactylitis is when you get such swelling and damage to the fingers yeah. that your fingers look like sausages, and they call them sausage digits. Oh, yeah. All right. Are you a sausage uh, patties or links fan? Uh, I'm a homemade patty fan. Like you better make your sausage. And you better, because it's not that hard to make. Grind it up. Make it in patty form, please. I've never made sausage patties in my life. Like, you can just make sausage? Yeah. You take pork. You take, you take a mixture of stuff. You want it like a 70 to 30 meat to fat ratio. Yeah, you can make your sausage. And then you're going to spice it up with, like, traditional fennel, sage, salt, pepper. Let's be honest. The deacon may leave me for the Food Network at some point. <laughs> Also, fatigue, morning stiffness, swelling, and you can get eye issues. I'm going to go through a few of the interesting parts about it. Okay. We're not going to do like a test on me like we did with the, uh, the, the COVID swab, right? <laughs> no. Okay. No, 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 no. So one of the, uh, the, my favorite things, of, uh, the interesting things about it is it causes things called sacroiliitis, where you basically get inflammation, and problems with the spine where it basically kind of fuses together and it'll show decreased range of motion either mm -hmm. in the cervical or the lumbar spine. And oftentimes it, it will affect your um, what's called distal interphalangeal joints. So the cervical joints. spine is the one that goes up and down and the lumbar spine is the one that's horizontal? <laughs> no, cervical means up by your neck. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then thoracic in the middle and the lumbar, lumbar is your lower back. Your back. Yep. Okay. Yep. And there's this thing called arthritis mutilans where it basically destroys the joints and causes shortening of the fingers to the point where they kind of fold over on themselves. Oh. That's the tricky part is it's kind of hard to diagnose. So there is a special criteria called the Caspar criteria. The, the what? The Caspar. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sharif, don't like it. Rocking the Caspar. Rocking the Caspar. Or you could do, the deacon don't like it. Rocking, that's so the yeah. cash ball. That's great because I never knew what the cash ball was, and now I do. 
Well, no, no. This is the CASPAR criteria, which is a classification for psoriatic arthritis criteria. Oh. Yeah. Like if you have inflammatory arthritis plus three other points where you get two points for current arthritis, psoriasis, one for history, family history, dactylitis, juxtarticular, newborn formation, rheumatoid factor being negative, or nail dystrophy. So this you is add like those a, points together yeah. to do a criteria classification to determine whether or not somebody has psoriatic arthritis. So we oh, right so there this is like just those, rocked the Caspar. We rocked the Caspar. So this is like one of those... Do you remember when you would get the magazine that your girlfriend would read like 17 or Cosmo or whatever, and then there would be a test in there to figure out if your relationship was doomed and you had to get like so many points for if you read her text messages or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And then you had a relationship quiz. That's what this is? Kind of, yeah. All right. So how often do you read your wife's text messages? Um... Oh, not very often. Yeah, anymore. me neither. Yeah. But I have in my life. Now, my daughter. I'll tell you. I every can't. week. She now has the facial recognition. Oh. You could, you know, I got one of those masks that has like lips and teeth and stuff on it. And the other day, it opened my phone. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, I, 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 I've tried to like look sultry at her phone to see yeah. if it would open and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm okay with it. And there's nothing in her phone that I feel the need to look at. Yeah. But the fact that I can't, I don't like. Yeah, no, I hear you. Like, she no. knows my password. Yeah, my 12-year-old, now I go, we go through her phone every week. And she knows it's really not her phone. It's the phone we allow her to use. Yeah. And part of it. And until she shows me, like, until she figured, I think she's figured out how to delete stuff. But she still chooses not to, which is great. Um, and then we'll have to figure out some other stuff. But anyway. Yeah, well... Let's rock the cast bar a little bit. Well, so we're, you're going to pretend like you were a patient. Uh, no, no, no. No, we just said that I wasn't going to have to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask if you have something, and then we'll add up your points. Okay, let's do it. Um, first, um, ooh, Deacon, it looks like you have some level of inflammatory arthritis. Okay. N- now we need to have three total points to see if you actually have psoriatic arthritis. All right. Number one, do you currently have psoriasis? No. Okay, number two, do you have a history of psoriasis? No. Number three, do you have a family history of psoriasis? No. Number four, do you have sausage fingers? I'm eating sausage right now. I'll give you a point for that. Next, have you had any juxtarticular newborn formation? I have not been a newborn in years. (laughs) New bone formation. So I'm going to give you zero points for that. Oh, the next one, are you rheumatoid factor negative? Yes. Okay, you're at two points here. And do you have nail dystrophy? Let me see those nails. Now they look, uh, they look okay. They I look think okay. I'm good. So you rock the Casbah and do not two have points. I'm a point shy, and yeah. that's a win. Yeah, that is a win. You don't have. So this is like golf. You want to be less points to be, the, but you really, if you have it, you want to know you have it. So it's not really about the points. It's about being accurate with sharing information with your doctor. Do you find that that's probably some of the most important stuff is that people are honest and trust you? Um, yes, yes. And I think I'm kind of like a normal person, so they want to trust me. But let's be honest. When I go, hey, how many drinks do you have a week? And they say five, I realize it's like 12 and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, they were talking about um, the idea that we need more African-American doctors, that we need more black physicians. Sure. Because especially... When it comes to um, the idea of young 
black women, I heard, I heard somebody say the other day that black women view physicians the way black men view the police. Oftentimes that they don't always want to be forthright with them because mm. they're scared of something that may happen. So it's so important for there to be that trust yeah. between, and, and I want to encourage, and I know you do as well, that if, if you're a young African-American man out there they're op- and you want to think about getting into uh, medicine, man, what a great field, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I will tell you, I don't know that I get the sense that lying to your doctor, in my experience, has been a race or religious-based thing. Yeah. It has been more towards people that feel bad about some of the things they're doing to their body. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, um, there, is, there is one patient who I, uh, who I always talked about his health, and he tells me uh, how good a job he's doing eating. And yet every time I go to this one uh, sandwich place, like before the pandemic... He's there. Oh, yeah, yeah. To get a Zep, which is like, you know, like a not a healthy sandwich. He's there every time. He's like, oh, oh, Doc, I don't come here that much. It's just by chance I'm here every time you're here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe him I don't fully believe. But most people I believe. But there's tomatoes on a Zep. No. Yeah, onions. Oh, yeah, onions. Uh, yeah, onions. I didn't actually look to see what he ordered, but he was there. Yeah. Well, the honest truth is what this taught me. Okay is that we need to learn the process about for patients out there. Okay. Learn to tell a good story. Yeah. When you come in, be ready to tell doctors a story because I want to find what I'm looking for. But that makes me think, I know there is a process for physicians to try to figure out, and we didn't even get into you know x-rays and imaging and all the physical exam signs, but there is a whole process in my brain to go and try to figure out what's going on. My question for you is, how did you find... Jesus. And how do we think most people find where they are with their relationship with Jesus? Do they get a history? Do they do an exam? Has an MRI ever led there? Oh, you know, that's a great, that's a great question, Doc. I think a lot of times it does have to do, like it starts with um, history. And in fact, oftentimes when, when in the church, when we meet somebody who comes to the church for the first time, we kind of ask some of those same questions. Like, what do you know about Jesus? What has your relationship been like before now with Jesus? Uh, has, um, does, your, does your family have a history? of like, So we could, yeah. we could probably create our own system and assign points and try to figure out if there was a, some system, a point system that would define whether or not you were a good candidate of someone who was, uh, was someone who would just come to church once in a while, you know, Christmas and Easter only, throw a 20 in the box and never come back. Or uh, maybe just come and watch while your friend puts on plays for kids. Like, Ooh, that's me. Yeah. So that's a great question. I mean, I don't know. I'm also working on material sometimes when I'm <laughs> at church. <laughs> you know, I think it's The pastor funny. once was like, were you taking notes during my sermon? I was <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> it's interesting. You know, people talk. There's a story in the Bible about how Jesus found the disciples. Often we talk about how how people find Jesus. But I think when you look at how he found the disciples, you can also uh, align with them in how we find Jesus, right? Because so Jesus just went out, he saw a couple dudes fishing, and he was like, hey, you want to change your lives? Come follow me. And and it was Simon and his brother, Simon who became, it was Simon Peter, who was really Cephas, or he changed his name to, from Simon to Cephas, which was Peter. I mean, he had more names than Puff Daddy. Oh, yeah. P. Diddy. Diddy. That's right. Um, 
And so, you know, Jesus found the disciples and then by word of mouth, they found other people who were like them or they thought would benefit from this, who they, you know, brought them. And so one by one or two by two, they came to Jesus. And, you know, often in our journey, it's the same thing, right? You find, just like with health, I mean, if I had psoriatic arthritis, there's a good chance I have researched it, heard about a story about somebody else with it, and now think that that may be related to me, right? Do you, do you find that often? Well, yes. Actually, it's a little bit underdiagnosed. So a lot yeah. of dermatology offices have some screening forms for all people with psoriasis to fill out in case they don't realize that some of the other symptoms they're having, they weren't attributing to underlying that this might be inflammatory related. condition. Yeah. But that, you know what that makes me think of? You know, in 17, where you were doing those quizzes yeah. with your girlfriend back in the day to say, are you a good match? You know what we should do? Is like a quiz of like 20 questions. And at the end, it tells you, you should be Jewish. You oh, should be Muslim. Yeah. You should be Catholic versus Lutheran versus <laughs> Baptist or all your, I mean, I don't know the difference between all your Christian <sighs> Christianities, but like, how funny would that be? I'd be like, ooh, let me turn to the back. And you flip through it and you're like, oh my gosh. I'm a Christian scientist? Dude, there's this episode of Blackish where uh, Diane is asking her grandmother um, if she was a Democrat or a Republican and her, or, or which, which, which candidate she aligned with. And she did like these five questions. And uh, basically when grandma, when Ruby got done with the questions, she was like, it was like the one question was like, do you believe that, um, that there are people of, that minorities are coming here to take your job? She's like, yes, they are, girl. Build a wall to keep them out. And she's like, okay, grandma. Like, it was pretty great. If you haven't seen the episode, it's okay. a ridiculously funny episode. But I think the same thing happens. You know, they talk about oftentimes uh, uh, people finding Jesus in their darkest moments. You know, part of that was true with me, but I grew up with Jesus too. You know, so I had a family history of... I think that's... Family history is probably the strongest predictor for finding Jesus than anything, I would think. Yeah, because my dad's family was, were non-believers, right? So they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. You know, his parents, not really at all. And then he lived his life in a way that was indicative of someone who, who didn't, yeah. you know. And then he realized he found the church and found Jesus and, and never turned back. And, and then so we grew up with Jesus in our lives. And so for me, it's interesting because I put... My, so, mom, my mom wanted me to go to Catholic schools until it cost too much. Yeah, right? <laughs> I put stuff out there and I forget. You know, even tonight at Orange Theory, somebody was talking to me and they're like, uh, how do you describe yourself? And I was like, well, I'm a dude who loves Jesus, golf, barbecue, and beer. And please don't make me put them in order. And they were like, oh, you love... like, And they... The only thing they got weird about was when I said I love Jesus. Yeah. And I never think about it like that because I, you know, because now, especially right now, they're often um, associated the things with, you know, there's so many. And I believe and respect people and don't think the church should be involved in a lot of stuff when it comes to political things. Right. At all. Yeah. I think our job is to love people where they're at. And I think when you're looking for when you're looking for Jesus, you find him in the weirdest places, like, um, like he did the disciples. I mean, these disciples were a ragtag bunch of dudes who were not learned, who didn't know anything about Scripture. And when you looked at the people that were 
versed in scripture, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the people around the church, you know, for many years, the whole reason we have a Protestant religions is because the church became so corrupt on its own that, you know, the thread of Jesus that was left or perceived to be left was so thin that, you know, you had Martin Luther and, and John Calvin who came in and they talked about this idea of like, hey, this gift, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and what he did for us changes everything. Yeah. And it really does. And so when you realize that and you start to look at it in a different perspective and when you read Paul's stories and how he's talking to uh, Timothy and, and, and when he talks in First Thessalonians and he talks about this life and the, the difference of what God has done for us and that, and that um, you know, and then in, in Corinthians and Romans, when he says he, he has been risen and he's alive, therefore we're alive in Christ Jesus and he's raised to the right hand of the Father and so are we. And it just like, it inspires you. And I, but I do think family history is definitely a big thing in that, but not always a good way because the church... Is Dude, run by people. Definitely not if you got psoriasis from your mother. Man, church is run by people. And oftentimes they're expected to be as perfect as Jesus. Yeah. And it's just not so. And, and that can really hurt people for a long time. Well, 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 I think family and how family affects ourselves is leading us into a game. Ooh, I like games. Yeah. This game is about a famous family. The Kardashians? Yeah, you know why? Why? Oh, Kim Kardashian has psoriasis. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yes, so, somehow co- the discussion on family led to the Kardashians. Co- so can psoriasis cause an inflammation of your gluteus? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, that is not, that's not what no. happened there. Okay. So um, we're going to play a game, and it All is right. going to be um, who has the highest who? net who has the highest net worth? Mm. I'm going to name two people, and you tell me who has a higher net worth. Scott Disick. No. Right. First one is Khloe Kardashian. Yep. Or Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn. Caitlyn Jenner is worth a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And Khloe Kardashian is worth, worth three forty. Forty million. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Next one. Who is worth more money? Yeah. Kim Kardashian. Yep. Or Kylie Kardashian. Oh, Kylie. Do you think it's close? It is close. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that Kylie uh, Jenner... But Kylie's no longer a billionaire, I don't think. Oh, okay, okay. Well, according to my uh, statistics that came via the internet and were not uh, updated to the recent Dow's, Kylie Jenner is worth $1 billion. Right. And Kim Kardashian is worth around $900 million. Yeah. You know who is worth a little bit more than all of them? Yeezy. Yep. 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 Kanye, uh, I think they put him at one point two. Billion dollars. Yeah. While we're talking about famous people, I'm going to run through uh, some other people that have psoriasis. Um, your boy, Dak Shepard. Dak Shepard, psoriasis, uh, he's worth about $30 million. Oh, I don't have any of the more of the money. I was just doing the Kardashians. Oh. I did see he had a relapse, though. That's a shame. But good on him for, for talking about it. I yeah. think it's so... The stigma behind those things, any of these things, right psoriasis like you can't control that you got a disease i think it's important to talk about it so good on you dax praying for you buddy yeah well you know i know he'll do okay and he'll try to work the system and uh and we're also rooting for him and all the other people with psoriasis including art garfunkel eli roth john lovitz leanne rhymes and phil mickelson oh yeah i knew phil did lefty yeah what i think we've learned here 
is that you can still send me messages through the portal. I don't mind. But if they're 500 words, uh, you know, you should probably come in. And I think what else we've learned is physicians have a route to trying to find out what they think is the diagnosis or what is wrong with you. And religious people just do what their parents tell them. And I'm hoping that maybe the Eagles receivers might be able to have a route this uh, in the next few weeks that would, that would lead them to the end zone. <laughs> well, yes. Because uh, I know you'll end up in the promised land. That's right. And whether, but I guess, you know, the good news is whether the Eagles win or lose, there's two things you can count on. The doc is in. And the deacon speaks. Uh, thank you so much to our producer, Tucker Butler. Music by your boy. Franchise. Check us out on Twitter. At Doc Deacon. Uh, Instagram, Doc and the Deacon. Rock the Casbah is by The Clash. Rock the Casbah. Rock the Casbah. You know what that was about. It was a song about um, people who were trying to silence uh, Western rock music. And, and a king, an Arab king, who was like, we're going to stop playing it. And they were like, nah, Sharif don't like it. Yeah. I love so it. So anyway. I love it. Hey, um, get out and vote. No matter who you're voting for, no matter get who out. You're voting for, and get and your word out there. Don't write in the deacon or anybody else. Make a vote for one of these candidates. Your vote counts. And it's important. Yes. Holla. Peace. Excellent brain trust to market it brandness that's set in stone like the Ten Commandments. This show gon' be around for infinite years. I think we can all agree on ice cold beers. 100% authentic, you can't fake it. Often imitated, but never duplicated. So knowledgeable, take a lot of facts in. Now I'm coming to close it like a Roldis Chapman.